Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hello, world, and welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. Welcome, more specifically, to Monday Football Monday, a show where we recap everything that happened the Sunday before throughout the NFL. Obviously, Conference Championship Sunday in the books. This is the show that gets your week started here on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify. Those things go a long way. Leave a rating, ride review. You can also watch this show on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, SB Nation NFL Twitter page, and the SB Nation NFL YouTube account. A reminder before we get started, this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's Blog of the Boys, where we cover the Dallas Cowboys, who haven't sniffed a conference championship in over a quarter century. But we had four teams vying for a ticket in Super Bowl 56 playing on Sunday, which means we have two games to discuss. I say we because I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, the incredible, the debonair, the supremely handsome from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. It is Pete. Sweeney on Twitter at PG Sweeney. You can get me there at RGO Cho. Let us know what you have to say about anything, whether it be football or otherwise. Pete Sweeney, happy Monday, Football Monday to you, sir. Good morning, RJ. What's going on? Happy Monday to you. Uh, it is the off season. I can't believe it. I'm still processing it in, in my brain. So forgive me if, if there are moments in this podcast in which I sound like mush, uh, like my brain is mush because it is. It, it frankly is. It's hard to wrap my head around. Uh, I need to uh, begin looking at tea times. Uh, well, you know, I know you uh, took a pickleball last off season, so you know, get back on the court, figure things out. You know, yeah, um, big game tonight come, at six. Right, uh, you know. very excited about. It. We it go, you go back to back games, so really games or matches. Sure. What's the proper vernacular? Just so we're all on the same page. So it's a match, best of three, and you play potentially three games in it. Gotcha, you know, they, gotcha. Okay. You win, you win two, you win the match. I'm sure Nadal approves after his stellar weekend. Uh, well, Pete I mean, is a... I go after my namesake, of course, Pete Sampras, Pistol Pete Sampras. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, this so. Pete, Pete Sweeney, is a little bit more morose. Um, in case anybody's mm-hmm. unaware, again, from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, that's SB Nation's home for Kansas City Chiefs content. The Chiefs, unfortunately, one of Sunday's two losers. Super Bowl 56 is officially set the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams will square off for football's ultimate prize at SoFi Stadium the NFL's ultimate playground um Pete I I feel like we just got to do it we just got to dive in it's time for the (laughs) post-mortem um you know we're so used to doing this every week again uh, on Monday Football Monday where we recap every game in some way shape or form so we always have a lot to get to but we only have two 
games to discuss here today. Um, so unfortunately, we have to spend uh, a great amount of time on uh, the AFC Championship game. Uh, you mentioned it, Pete, how you're still kind of processing it. It kind of felt that way over the course of the second half and in overtime. Like it just it happened in the blink of an eye and it, ha- it like it took forever, both at the same time. The Cincinnati Bengals outlasting the Kansas City Chiefs 27 to 24, coming back from a 21 to 3 deficit. Uh, the Bengals going to their first Super Bowl since 1988. Interesting, Pete, I think. Chris Collinsworth's last game as a player for the Bengals was actually the last Super Bowl that they appeared in, and he will now call this Super Bowl for the Bengals. Some some cool full circle in this right there. Um, but the Chiefs held uh, held the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium for the fourth year in a row, and now only have one Lombardi Trophy to show for all of that work. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's like in a way history is repeating itself for Andy Reid. He went to four conference title games with the Eagles, only made it to one Super Bowl and they lost it. And similar situation happening in in Kansas City. I look at the final score of this game, 27 to 24, and I I mean I have always said when you get to conference title weekend anything can happen and we're going to talk about the other game as well where it really could have went the other way because you're you're dealing with teams that are not only among the best in the league, but they're playing at a high level going into the game. And so this was a case where I thought the Chiefs were the best team left. I still think that. Uh, And Mm. it was a game in which Joe Burrow and the Bengals, as you mentioned, outlasted the Chiefs 27 to 24. What is tough about this is I don't think at this point we were looking necessarily past Joe Burrow. We thought that he was capable of having this type of game where, like Josh Allen, they could go blow for blow with the Chiefs. When you look at that final score, 27 to 24 if you just saw the score i don't know how super super upset you would be as a chiefs fan just because of the way that burrow has suddenly emerged and is playing what is upsetting about it is the way that it went down when you build such a lead in the first half it was 21 to 3 at a certain point if you're winning 21 to 3 and it's late in the second quarter it doesn't matter if it's the regular season week one it doesn't matter if it's the preseason doesn't matter if it's the super bowl you shouldn't lose that football game and I thought that this game in particular, and this is my has been my best way to describe it, it was the Chiefs season in a microcosm in reverse. In the first in in the first half, we got those end of season Chiefs that were taking what was in front of them, running the football, slicing and dicing in that first third, you know, in the in of offensive play, and things were opening up downfield. And Mahomes had a, a swagger about him that you were used to seeing in previous years. He kind of had to find that again this year. That end of the half play, we can zone in on more on that in a second, happens. And you could tell that going 21-10 into the half as opposed to what would have been 24-10 or 28-10 was a huge deal because the Bengals could build upon that and you could really sense, okay, did the momentum just shift as we were getting our, our halftime hot dogs at Arrowhead Stadium? We were like, no, I mean, they still got an 11-point lead. They'll be all right. But it was. It was the key moment of the game. And out come the Bengals with a a different second half plan. There are some early film reviews out there. I saw CBS Sports Chris Chapasso came out with one where it seemed like the Bengals completely shifted their plan to drop more eight in coverage and have a spy, have a robber on Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes completely reverted as they started to take away what he was now used to getting, which was the short and intermediate stuff. As the Bengals started to take that away, you got happy feet Mahomes, panicky Mahomes, indecisive Patrick Mahomes, the Mahomes that we saw in last year's Super Bowl, and he was trying to do too much. The Chiefs got away from running the football. In, in the meantime, 
the defense of the Chiefs did okay. I mean, this is a good offense with Joe, with Joe Burrow and this trio, but they just allowed them to to score on three of the five drives, and the Bengals take the lead. The Chiefs were lucky to tie this game at the end of regulation, and then they get the coin toss. Everyone thinks, oh, here we go again, Josh Allen included as he tweets pain. But this was a different type of game because the Bengals from quarter three to the end of overtime had the Chiefs number, and they go and, and win the game. And, you know, one of the Monday Football Monday inside jokes uh, that even people tweet us about is me saying Patrick Mahomes refuses to lose. And I, I how dare still you, feel how like... How dare you take this moment from me? How dare you not let me be the first person? No, no. This, but go ahead. I still <laughs> feel like that, but I think in a sense... Oh, no. It hurt him in this Don't game. do it. Like, it hurt him in this oh. game. It was a little too much of hero ball and trying to do stuff he was doing in the first half that simply wasn't there. And, you know, you blink and the season is over. You know, that's something we talked about after the Chiefs lost to the Chargers early on in the season. There was the interception um, on the Chargers side of the field um, where Mahomes, for kind of no reason, tries to do this no-look pass that gets tipped. And then Asante Samuel Jr. has this great diving interception. And I remember talking about that with you, talking about it with, with Stats and BLG here across the network. You know, there was no need for Mahomes to, to go no look there. And if he doesn't go no look, maybe he's able to put that ball. I forget who the, the target he had on that play was, but it may, maybe it isn't a tip situation. Maybe he's able to get it closer to the numbers and it's, it's you know, it's just a normal catch. And so it, it has felt at times like Mahomes has bought into the Mahomes. And, and how could you not? I mean, he's, he's a kid still. I mean, he's, he's so young and the whole world has crowned him. Um, but so I, I kind of get what you're saying there. And, and, and it, it doomed him. It, it doomed him and it doomed them. I think it doomed them at the end of the first half. You, you mentioned that play. I mean, I, I, you know, when, when they got the ball, when it was first and goal, Tony Romo said on the broadcast, he said, this is probably three throws to the end zone if you do it right. They got two plays off and didn't get any points. And so there's there's a little bit of hubris there. And, and you know, and I, I think that's what you're describing. Um, you know, and, and that I think that that hubris is kind of necessary, if that makes sense. Like there's an arrogance to the way the Chiefs play that is is part of their, you know, their will that they exert over people. But it can be their undoing as it was obviously over the course of the second half. I thought the end of both halves was maybe the worst football that Patrick Mahomes has ever played. Uh, obviously, the, the minute moment there at the end of the goal line, or by the goal line in the first half and then the well, last possession. That the Chiefs had he threw his uh, hands in regulation. Up. He threw his hands up thinking the Chiefs would have any time to have a timeout. I mean, you have five seconds left. Even if you have seven timeouts, you might be only getting one play. That ha that throw right. has to be out of your hands and into the end zone immediately. And, and he seemed to like, be so aware of that because he, he he threw the ball on the ground on first down. You know what I mean? Right. So he, he seemed to be so aware of It's like he blanked. And and you just can't throw that ball ahead of the goal line. Like you just can't do it. I mean, even if it even if say, okay. You, you know, people sometimes get on Andy Reid for being cute. You would almost rather them, okay, be a little cute here and hand it off and without timeouts. Maybe that's a ballsy call that you think is just going to work. I would even forgive that before I would say throw it in the flat to Tyree Kill as, you know, pursuers are, are all over him. And, and that certainly won the cheat. And who knows? I mean, if they kick that field goal, it still only is a 14-point game and the Bengals are rolling at that point. You never know. But still, that just felt like such a turning point. And I think you're correct, and I've been able and lucky enough to cover Patrick Mahomes his entire career. That end of regulation was the worst I have ever seen him play. He looked like a rookie. You know how like we talk about, we're going to talk about the Niners, where you, Trey Lance gets in, 
and he looks a little too raw to be the starter. That was Patrick Mahomes at the at the end of regulation where you're like, what is he doing? How do you not realize when you have an opportunity here and and, and it's, it's obviously the last play of the game, you simply can't take a sack of whatever it was, 20 yards, and it's like he like lo- got lost, and he almost cost the Chiefs the game there. If Joe Tooney, um, the left guard, hadn't hopped on the ball, they don't even have an opportunity to send this thing to overtime, and I, I think it was a complete pressing. It was a key, complete unraveling. And that'll go into a lot of the offseason work that he's going to have to do to improve just mentally. It just seemed like he took a step back mentally um, in this game. And then he had to really kind of relearn how to play uh, with what the defense was giving him. And I I think that's going to be the emphasis as the Chiefs work with him in the offseason. That last possession of regulation, the one that you just described, the the way I described it in my mind, he looked like. He looked like Charles Barkley in Space Jam after the the Monstars zap his his talent. You know what I'm saying? Like he he looked like completely void of yeah. who he has been for the last you know four years at this point. And so it was just very 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 strange. I mean that that possess- it was first and goal at the Cincinnati five, and they kicked right. the field goal from the Cincinnati 26 yard line. I actually kind of thought you know because Harrison Butker's had this kind of weird season of weird missed kicks. I thought this is it. Like this this is the undoing. Now they're going to miss <laughs> this game tying field goal. Um, and so, I, I mean, I know people play this game a lot, but I think if you told a Chiefs fan, you know, if you said, okay, the Bengals possessions in the second half, you know, given the score, especially at halftime, are going to be punt, field goal, touchdown, interception, field goal. If you had said it's going to be two field goals and a touchdown and a pick, and that pick's going to come in the fourth quarter, you would have thought there's no way in in on this earth that we are going to lose this game. But man, I mean, I know you know this, and I know you guys have talked about it at Arrowhead Pride. The Chiefs' second half possessions, and we've, we've obviously focused on the end of, of both halves, but punt, punt, that awful interception, punt, punt, and then the field goal that they barely kind of squeaked out. That whole even last possession from Kansas City, I just, I felt, and I realize this is a little takey, but they just looked so dejected. They did not look like the Chiefs of the first half that were running and dominating and just owning every single moment. They, they looked just kind of like we have to go. It looked like work to them. It, it didn't look They're- like anything inspired. There was a, a thing this year early on where, which was like broken Patrick Mahomes and and it was okay now we're taking away where he likes to to make his money which is you know that that deep end of the field and he had to adjust and what I I thought we saw the defensive coordinator for the Bengals Lou Anarumo do was he adjusted and went back the other way where it's like let's make sure that he is not gashing us on these scrambles to the outside. Let's make sure that, okay, these middle crossers are, are not working. And then if you start to refuse to run the football and Mahomes is, is dealing with eight guys in coverage, I don't care if you have Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey, and if you're ensuring that the middle is covered and they're not able to beat you over the top and you're making Patrick Mahomes make a decision, it, it, it that's what ended up happening. They, they reverted him back to that version and then – Meanwhile, it, it's a ultimate kudos to the Bengals for continuing to play. I mean, it, you know, you, you can in an AFC title game and you get down by 18 points and you've never really been there before. Right. Because this franchise has not, um, in a sense, in a lifetime, you, you know, it, it's tough to expect them to continue playing and, and play to a point where they can get back in a game and take a lead. And that's Burrow, man. Uh, you know, we make a lot uh, uh, and, and say a lot about about Patrick Mahomes and and um, you know Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and and you know 
kind of hiding in place, plain sight in a way has been Joe cool. And it just continuing to play and play and play. Um, I saw that in him in his rookie season before he got hurt. Oh RJ, I, know, I know you're smiling, but I, I, I don't know if you know if you remember this. I, I told you on this show that the Bengals would go on a run and make the playoffs. And then Joe Burrow got injured because I, I saw that eye of the tiger. And uh, this isn't all that surprising to me. It, it is still a year early. And that's, what's so cool. I, I think for the Cincinnati Bengals, it's like, Maybe you could have expected this in 2022, maybe in 2023, but here you are in Super Bowl, and are we, are we really even sure that the Rams are, are necessarily going to beat the Bengals? I don't think we can even say that. So this is a very legitimate, real chance that the Cincinnati Bengals, after this season, can be Super Bowl champions. Like, think about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, it's hard to wrap your head around. I, I'm having a harder time wrapping my head around that than, like, the season truly being over for Kansas City. It's, it's very strange because... When it was twenty-one to three, you kind of had this this level of thought. Like, I, I think the take was okay. The Bengals they were fortunate they drew the the really bad Raiders, and then they got you know a matchup against you know a one of the worst one seeds in recent memory that a lot of people you know would would classify in the Titans. And so it was kind of you know kind of a friendlier path. Obviously, you know, I, like they didn't have this true like holy crap, this is a, an amazing team kind of game at least throughout the postseason. Right. And but they kind of did. Like you come back like this and. I mean, they remind me of, and, and I mean, obviously, of the 2006 Colts that overcame the 18-point deficit themselves, obviously, um, against the New England Patriots. And, and they talked about that on the broadcast. But I, I know you were there, and I, I'm sure you haven't had time to watch the whole thing yet. But, I mean, they are just a, a scrappy, plucky, you know, never-say-die, goony sort of team. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, they score on on all you – know, th their first possession, the second half, they don't score. But then they score on all of them except for the interception. And the interception was kind of weird. That was right after, you know, things were kind of fluky. Uh, you know, Kansas City had the back-to-back -back three and outs. But they, they truly – I know I said goonies. They never say die. And, you know, Michael Kiss joined us, um, you know, in the comment section when we started the show, the boss man, and asked if Joe Burrow is elite – that's a different conversation and one that will be very uh, annoying over the course of the offseason. I think he's, I mean, I don't know how you deny that, that he's among the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. However you want to term that's up to you. Chief but, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo compared him to young Tom Brady. And this was before the week 17 game. And we all kind of chuckled. I'll be honest with you. I mean, not to, not to say that like, I don't respect Spags or anything. I mean, it just felt a little too early. Is well, it? Well, Is he it? He hasn't, you know? I mean, so he finishes this game just like from a box score standpoint, 23 of 38 for 250 yards, two touchdowns in the pick. He hasn't had that game, the one you tied, the week 17 game. And he obviously had that great stretch in week 16 against the Ravens and then the, the week 17 game. He, he hasn't had that. You know, we, we still haven't even this playoffs got the crazy Jamar Chase play. You know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, there's an inevitability to some Super Bowls. In fact, that 2006 Colt team, um, but they played the Bears in the Super Bowl and everybody thought there's no way that Devin Hester can return a kickoff, you know, in the Super Bowl. And then he does it on the first play of the game. And so right. may, maybe there is an inevitability to Jamar Chase having this big moment in the Super Bowl like the Bengals have kind of had all year. But if, if we are getting into the land of takes, Joe Burrow has something... We, for the last four years, people have tried, and you know this better than me, people have tried to, to generate a, a worthy adversary for Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, a Superman to his Batman, a Batman to his Superman, however you feel about that. And the closest thing is obviously Josh Allen from a skill standpoint, and that was really on display last week in the divisional round. It, it, from an accomplishment standpoint, though, because as much as I love Josh Allen, and I'm very much a, a, a believer in that regard, Josh Allen's lost to Mahomes in, in the two biggest moments that he's had to face off against him. And granted, you know, they're quarterbacks. They're not literally playing one another. But Joe yeah. Burrow has now 
beaten Patrick Mahomes in this big regular season moment to kind of stake his claim and win the AFC North. And he now went to Arrowhead, won the AFC championship game. And so he has this thing that nobody else does. No other, you know, challenger to the throne has that. And if they win the Super Bowl, he has a ring. He has one just like Patrick Mahomes does. Am I saying that, that Joe Burrow is on Patrick Mahomes' level? No, but I mean, the, the credentials are starting to arrive and they haven't arrived for any of these other young, you know, Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Josh Allen has the great skill set, but now Joe Burrow has the team accomplishments that Mahomes has had. A hundred percent. And, and again, you're saying, okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes. And I would agree with you, but it really, it's, it's hard. And I'm being fair here for, for Chiefs fans. It's hard to even have that conversation yet because you're only on year two and you lost half a year one. Right. So right. No, that's a great point. He he could and, be and, by the time you're, his first you're, you're four years in, are up. To, your, to your point, you're only in year one with what might be his greatest weapon. Like he's starting to get his Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill going. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and and I mean they have a a great group. A lot of people think, oh, the Cowboys have the best three receivers. This is this quietly could be the best receiver trio in the NFL. Honestly, well, T. Higgins I, had a game like that. Not, that's what makes yeah. them so good. And they needed that kind of game because you knew after Week 17 the Chiefs were not going to let chase beat them again right if if the, if it's going to happen it's going to be someone else and they needed the next guy to step up and and that's why you have multiple weapons on a team and so look the, the Bengals did a great job and and they deserve to be going to the Super Bowl they absolutely dominated the Chiefs in the second half and then uh after watching the Buffalo Bill season be ruined by a coin toss and it was the conversation all week about the rules changing the Bengals smiled at the Bills and said we don't even need your, your damn rule change we're gonna still win this game anyway and kudos to them. I mean, that that takes a lot of swagger. And for all the swagger that goes into like the Mahomes and the Chiefs and the Legion of Zoom, you have Joe Burrow with his sunglasses and his the rock outfit walking in Arrowhead Stadium, leaving, you know, being cool, calm and collected, even as he's down 18 and then leading his team back. They deserve to go. And now the Chiefs got to kind of lick their wounds, figure out how do we uh, get back to where we want to be. It, it has been a good run. Um, but you need to win championships if you want to be considered in some of the greatest franchises and runs and dynasties and all that and, and whatever. Just not the case right now. You have, you know, you have to you have to win championships if you want that. And and they're out of the mix now. And this is a very very intriguing matchup. I'm very intrigued by by Bengals Rams. So once I kind of get out of Chiefs mode here and embrace the offseason, I'm I'm eager to kind of look at at what we have here. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, there's a lot of connections to the 2006 Colts. Again, obviously, kind of the Midwest vibe and, and whatnot. I think it's so cool, by the way, that, you know, like this game was all about, you know, from a numerical standpoint, number nine to 85 from Burrow to T. Higgins. Like that was all the Bengals had in Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson slash Ocho Cinco. Yeah. Like it is cool to see this kind of materializing. It's cool to see like Icky Woods, you know, like, you know, doing the pregame shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, I know that, you know, there's a, a Every, every Chiefs fan is bummed today, but it is nice to be able to sort of unravel these new storylines that we'll get for the next two weeks because the Bengals are this kind of fresh team involved. But related to the 2006 Colts, Joe Burrow is attempting to become the first number one overall pick to win the Super Bowl for the team that drafted him since Peyton Manning and obviously the Colts in 1998. Eli obviously won two Super Bowls, but technically the San Diego Chargers drafted him, not the New York Giants. So um, it is what it is. The Bengals champions of the AFC and I do think they they got this is 
I don't know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. And obviously, we have a lot of time to talk about it. But this is a really satisfying win. Because, you know, there are these, like, hollow kind of tasteless wins sometimes you get in the NFL. But they they did – it's like they took everything the Raiders and the Ravens and the Bills and the Chargers all wanted and the pieces that those teams have done or taken from from their games against the Chiefs, and they put it together in this one moment of ultimate victory that they had, you know, at Arrowhead Stadium. Typically, we'll give a come-up of the week, but – this may be the most deserving come up of the week of all time in the sense of it's like the come up of the century with the Cincinnati Bengals and going from a team that had not sniffed this type of thing for 31 years and won a playoff game. And now this city of Cincinnati is going to be in the Super Bowl. It's really the city of Cincinnati that gets to come up of the week in the sense of like, think about how crazy it must be in Cincy today when you hadn't even tasted a playoff victory for 30 years and there's some there's some grown ass adults that had not tasted this as far as just simply a playoff win in this long and now you're waking up and you're like in 13 days we watched this team in the super bowl think about how many super bowls you've watched in cincinnati where Bengals have been gone and done for like a month and a half you know you two months right so i just i i mean i know i've, I've talked about the colts a lot but i remember you know I remember this was a really popular story that was told and, and they've like talked about it in interviews and stuff. But um, I mentioned Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson. They they talked about how they drove to Indianapolis, the old RCA dome to watch yeah. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison to try to get better. Like, like since he has always been this kind of team, on, like not even on the come up, like a team trying to get on the come up. And they've had to watch the Ravens and the Steelers have their moments and have their Super Bowls and have their parades. They even last year had to watch the Browns kind of get crowned and feel like, Oh man, we're we're not even, you know, like even the Browns have had their breakthrough moment. Like now they own Ohio, whatever. No, no, no. This is all Cincinnati. Uh, so kudos to the Bengals. Congratulations to you. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Let's head to the NFC Championship game, Pete Tweeney. Overtime, not necessary here, but another three-point victory. Uh, an incredible last six games that the NFL has given us these playoffs. Wild card round sucks. Nobody cares about that. But from that point on, it's been juicy. The Los Angeles Rams finally broke their streak. They had lost six games in a row to the division rival San Francisco 49ers, but they won the most important one. Matthew Stafford, on the one-year anniversary of the Rams trading for him, authored uh, a pretty impressive game, 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns, both of them to his main man, Cooper Cup. They have now hooked up for 20 touchdowns this season, the only duo to hook up for at least 20 touchdowns in their first season together as teammates Tom Brady and Randy Moss in 2007, another team that went to the Super Bowl. It just this kind of played out, I think, in the way that that Niners fans who were honest with themselves thought it would. Jimmy Garoppolo just not enough. And that was really exemplified there at the very end in their final possession. Yeah, there's a, a cliche that we say in the NFL where it's like, you can't win the Super Bowl in March. And it's really a nod at like every transaction that you make is not going to lead you to the the promised land in the sense of like you got to build through the draft. And I think at the heart of it, you sort of do. But this Rams team is is in a sense an outlier to that. Like 
you, you know, you saw what New England was able to do in, in free agency and it got into the postseason. But at the end of the day, the, the quarterback wasn't enough. And maybe one day Mac Jones will be, but right now he has some work to do. And ultimately, this ends up being a quarterback game. And McVay kind of turned inward and, and sort of realized like Goff wasn't enough. It was the least you know kept secret in the NFL that it was miraculous that he was able to get to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Goes and gets Stafford, kind of calls a shot in a sense. And Stafford has an opportunity here. You know, it, it, it's you talk about like great storylines, and I'm I'm sure there was some Chiefs fatigue after watching them go to four straight AFC titles and then, you know, make two Super Bowls. And you got to hear about the Chiefs again. Well, now you're hearing about the Bengals, but this is such a cool story with Matt Stafford and being in Detroit forever. A, another organization buying into him, surrounding him with talent. And, you know, I think there's a lot of hypotheticals in the NFL that are never answered. And we always have this hypothetical about, yeah, well, what if Matt Stafford was, was on a good team? Well, they're in the Super Bowl now. And I think that for Niners fans and, and there's a, a little bit of a weird solace here, and it's probably hard to admit day one of the offseason, day zero of the offseason today. But we talked about this, like about Fangio and the Broncos, for example. If the Broncos make the playoffs, you're left with this weird question as to, well, what do we do at the head coach? And, you know, we kind of know this guy isn't the guy, but he, you know, same thing where it's like, man, the Raiders just kicked Versace to the curb, even though they ended up as the fifth seat, miraculously. You're almost left with that weird question like, man, Jimmy G got us to another Super Bowl. What do we do here? Now the answer is clear. I mean, you drafted a guy, and it got down to the wire, and Jimmy G was Jimmy G, and, and he's fine. I think he's one of 32, but is he really going to lead you to a championship? I, I think that answer is no. And I think that San Francisco now knows that. And, and that's what you come away, I think, from the game. If you're San Fran, I think you lean into to Trey Lance, ready or not. I mean, you got to start to get this guy some games. And again, back on the other side, uh, very exciting to see if Stafford can do it finally or it's going to be Burrow, who is just way ahead of schedule. And I, I just love that storyline aspect of the Super Bowl. Yeah, so um, my dog very Uh-oh. thrilled um, about. Uh, what's I know Bear here. loves the Super Bowl. Usually, it's a Super Bowl of puppy chow, but this is this is actually the the game we're talking about, the big game in February, right? Right, RJ. We have the puppy bowl coming up. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Oh, he's still barking. I'm seeing RJ still on mute. So here I am, filling a little bit of time. I I am was surprised at the way I think the game played out in the sense of. I thought the Rams would win, RJ, but what I think was most surprising is that it was coming back from a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter. I don't know if we necessarily expected uh, the Rams needing to rally here, and on Championship Sunday, it ended up being a game of of two teams coming back. So... um... What happened? There was a neighbor walking two dogs in our front yard. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, Bear, Bear's just doing his job. I mean, you know, getting right. a little territorial here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so, a baby to protect now. Don't, don't forget. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, actually, shout out to my wife who came in with the baby swaddled on her. To, you know, my, my wife's the real MVP here. Uh, but anyway. So, yeah, like a wing wom? Is there a wing wom situation going on? Like, I don't know what it's like called, a, but it uh, is that. Whatever, like for the yeah. podcast audience, the rap. see it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like a it's it's like a big string that's like tied Got around it. her and hold, okay. holding the baby. Well, good. Um, but this is I, I did feel it felt kind of like the like the the Rams are playing 
their past selves, like this this great team trapped by the quarterback. Like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is to them what Jared Goff. Like, Jimmy G gets Jimmy G. Why doesn't Jared Goff get Jared G? You know what I'm saying? Um, so it kind of felt like that. And so like for all of Kyle Shanahan's brilliance, he made this bed. You, you know, like like he 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 trapped them. He put this glass ceiling on them. It's not even glass. It's like concrete. I mean, he he's the one who who put this clear limit on what this team was going to be able to do. I mean, and and some of it is like you know, some of it's on the offensive line. Like it's not all Jimmy Garoppolo's fault, but he is not someone who can elevate you and carry you. And I think a lot yeah. of people all season long had these moments of like, well, look, Matthew Stafford, he didn't really, you know, he kind of sucks. Like in certain games, like the Rams gave all these picks away. I mean, I love that the Rams are just this. This this opposite of tank. This like, how can we how can we expedite win now, the win process? Now, win yeah, now. like, how, yes. how, what can we do to get better now today? And so, is Matthew Stafford flawless? No, but he clearly was the difference. Like, if this had been Jared Goff, they might have lost this game. They might have won, they, but 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 they Stafford probably is, don't. Yeah. I don't think it's might have. I think they probably lose this game. And then also too, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh uh, man, being, he was awesome. Okay, there are two things with these Rams receivers. I don't know. It, it's weird that the NFL doesn't lean into like Cooper Cup as a face of the league because he's the best receiver. And I just, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, another, I have a lot of receiver takes. Cooper Cup's uh, amazing. He's the best receiver in the NFL. I think he's just been under the radar with Goff for years. I mean, he was putting up big numbers with Goff, and now he's with a real quarterback and he's exploding. Uh, Debo Samuel's so fun to watch. That's on the other side. But uh, back to Odell. They go and get Odell, and I just think it's a situation in the NFL where many times receivers, they are a little bit loud. It was an interesting scenario where it was more his dad that was loud in Cleveland, and they want a change of scenery, and they think, well, if they can finally get to a place where they're comfortable and with a good quarterback, they're going to take off. And a lot of times they'll go to new team X, be it through trade or cut or free agency. And it just like does not pan out. Odell through his dad called his shot a little bit and delivered. And it just well, is, he, he was the perfect guy for the Rams. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, Cause he, he, exactly. exp- he said, how do I end this and get better? And so, you know, he went, I mean, he went about it in a way that obviously I'm, I'm certain Browns fans still they're upset about, but I mean, he, he, you know, history is written by the winners, and he is a winner right now. Yeah, no, and and I just, I just think it's it's such it's so unprecedented for un- unprecedented for that scenario to play out. Player X disgruntled with Team X, and then he goes to the next team, and you're like, oh yeah, dude, like you you really are that much better on this team. No, and and what <laughs> does that say about Cleveland? Like, you know what I mean in a sense of. I really liked Kevin Stefanski last year, and and NF, the NFL is such a results based business. But this is, you know, kind of bad for Stefanski, and and even you know probably a little bit deeper than that Mayfield because you you know you put him with Stafford, and it's like this guy freaking shines. It's like what was happening in Cleveland? I mean, he's still very clearly now that he's healthy. Is that Giants OG Giants version of Odell, and he's thriving, and and I mean he he he's projecting to be that like one of the hottest free agents especially when you think about the injuries to to robert Woods. godwin and michael gallup oh right? you're saying you're saying pending free agents gotcha yeah 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 godwin michael gallup i mean and assuming Devonte adams gets franchise tagged yeah i mean it's it's odell i also think i mean you're right like 
Odell has had this kind of rehabilita- uh, rehabilitation of his image as a football player, obviously, yeah. you know, ha- having had all this success and doing it for a team that's now in the Super Bowl. But I also think like, because Odell's had these these moments where I think a lot of people weren't too fond of who he was. Like, you know, there were a lot of dramatics, obviously, specifically with the Giants. And then again, at the end, you mentioned his father and things like that. But you mentioned Debo Samuel. I don't know if I've ever thought Odell was as humanizing as he was, and this was very late in the broadcast, as, as the confetti's raining down, Debo Samuel is is just beside himself. And how can you not be after everything he's given? He's so awesome. And the Niners lose, you know, the game with the Super Bowl on the line. And Odell is there consoling him. I mean, like again, I I I felt myself like feeling things about Odell that I've never felt. Obviously, I've you know rooted against him a lot, you know, Cowboys Giants and whatnot. But I mean, that was a really powerful moment i thought really cool to see odell like a really transformative moment like what his career has been certainly over the course of this year but over the course of the last few years since he got traded from the giants i mean there were just a lot of people with opinions on him and you know he was a young man and got a lot of attention from one catch and i i don't know how great the giants organization has been in the last 10 years i mean it's it's kind of been a mess and you know i think you're you're quick to maybe point a finger at a player when maybe you should be pointing the finger about uh, an organization and a coaching staff and you know an ownership group and we're always just like well that player in in a sense needs to just do his role be quiet and he shouldn't be loud and complain and and whatever and odell had some moments he he probably wishes he could take back with proposing to the net and stuff like that but you know he kind of he kind of quieted down and 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 you know got back within himself and and you know went to cleveland i think there were some good moments in cleveland but ultimately that ran its course and wanted a change of scenery again and and when you kind of burn out with two organizations you're you are wondering about the common denominator which mm-hmm. is the player and this very clearly wound up being a, a third time to charm situation and, and now he is uh the one win away from a, a super bowl title and you probably have teams like New York and Cleveland being like, man, looking inside and saying, why couldn't we allow this this person to thrive? And you know, by now you have you have new coaching staffs than he was originally with, and the Giants, I believe, have two. And I think Cleveland probably looks at it more of as of a you know is is Mayfield the one type of question as opposed to the because I again I I think Kevin Stefanski has, has been doing a bang up job from a, again the outside looking in. I think they're in good hands. Um, so yeah, no, but it, Odell is such a, a great story that goes along with with the Super Bowl, and and he's such a big personality in the NFL. So you know that um, as we get two weeks of extensive coverage of these two teams, as I know well, um, Odell is going to be a a big story for sure. Well, you've got all the stories. You've got now these two teams. It was Odell, by the way, who gave Joe Burrow the cash after LSU won the national championship game. So you've yeah. got the you've got the LSU wide receivers in Odell. Maybe a little more. Chase. Maybe a little more would help help him this week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I by the, I love Joe Burrow asking when he was asked if his diamonds were real. I love I loved how he said, "Yeah, they're real." I mean, I make too much money for them to be fake. Like I, I love how <laughs> how matter of fact he is about some things. Um, yeah, but that- I mean, he he's cool. I mean, he really is a a, a cool quarterback um, to be around, and he kind of exudes it, and it and is a little bit. Um, it's like a quiet, you know. Some some players are loud, and that's why they're cool. Joe is cool because he's like a little bit quieter and makes these like sarcastic, quiet remarks and uh, smokes cigars, and it, it it in a sense it's kind of like the Fonz. No, I mean, Probably I was thinking kind of like. He's kind of like Neo in the Matrix. I haven't seen the new like, um, like revamp, yeah. but you know, like this just quiet, like and then like, but like has this. He, he is the one. You know what I mean? Um, 
but Rocky so, before he wins the title, like when he's kind of walking around the neighborhood, making these like yeah, a little bit like in the quick. sweats. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and he's, um, he's like, hey, what's up, guys? What what are you guys like a jukebox? All right, and he like continues walking, but then he wins I, the title. He gets a little bit louder, you know. So we'll see after the Super Bowl if he wins it. I think people Pete, are so excited for the Super Bowl matchup just because, um, and I know you know this. It's not the Chiefs. Of, Do you want to yeah, say that it was, it's not the Chiefs? It was yeah. a little okay, bit of Chiefs fatigue. It's exciting to 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 get these new stories, and I think last mm-hmm. year was this like it, there was the goat baby goat blah blah. There was like all this like exhaustion to it, but this is so fresh and like this is one of those like. I mean, again, unless you you root for a division rival of these two teams, um, you're. I think everyone's going to be kind of happy, you, you know, because either either Stafford's going to get a ring, you know, and this culmination and the Sean McVay stuff will be a little bit annoying, but you know, and and so many worthy superstars on that Rams team, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and obviously Cooper Cup, and you know Odell now. So, so either you're going to get that crowning, or you're going to get this like this new king, this Joe Burrow and Jamar and T Higgins and CJ Uzama and and you know and and Zach Taylor, who everybody wrote off. I mean, it's it's really cool. I do also think it's amazing that we went 54 years without the host team playing in the Super Bowl, and now we have it in back-to-back seasons. That's crazy. Uh, the Bengals are technically the home team, though, Pete. It is the AFC's turn to be the home team. Um, so if you were the Bengals, would you let the Rams have their home locker, or would you make them dress in the visitors? I always subscribe to don't do anything in addition that's going to piss off the other team. I, I don't think just, it's an addition. It's those are, they're the rules. I mean, how is that no, an, an addition? I would let them have their home locker room. I would. I would. I, I would. I would say you guys. You guys stay. I, it just you don't want to do anything extra either through the media or through something like that where it just you give them another reason to be motivated. I, you, there's motivation enough to to win a championship. You don't. You don't need to provide any any additional motivation. By the way, you mentioned the goat versus. Uh, the baby goat, the Madden curse, it, it lives. Uh, one one guy is is either retired or not retired, and the other guy I'll be watching from home. So, there dude, you go. The, the Brady stuff is crazy. Um, it's crazy that we went this whole show without bringing it up. We'll obviously have some Super Bowl stuff that we're doing next week, but early pick right now, Pitsuini, who who wins Super Bowl Fifty Six? God, I don't know. I have picked against the Bengals in every round, so. It has me thinking right now that maybe I should stop doing that. I, I like the Rams more. I just think they're at some point the Bengals, them being one year ahead of schedule, is going to reign true, ring true, I should say. And uh, and I gotta think the Rams are can find a way to beat them, but I, who knows at this point? I'm gonna go Bengals because um, I want to see it. I, I, I would. Yeah, it's just. It'd be, yeah. It'd be fun. Um, really want to twist that AFC knife. Yep. It'd be. It'd be fun. You shouldn't be, be allowed to pick an AFC team if it's not your your beloved Buffalo Bills. Quite honestly, you should, I mean, have, you should have. How to do pick you get NFC. to pick an NFC team that isn't Washington? I mean, so oh, the WFT. <laughs> I mean, yeah. By the way, that ends this week on no. Wednesday. We get a I new do one name. more chant. Should so, I do one more chant? W well, F T. WFT. WFT. Um, well, right. well um, it okay, was so a good run while it lasted. Sp- we're split though on Rams Bengals. Um and, and we've we've been split on a lot of decisions here, you know, on Monday Football Monday for a long time, Pete. And so, you know, we 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 get a little get gets a little bit, you know, tense around here, a little bit, you yeah. know, argumentative, and there's a lot of debates happening. So you had a great idea. You said, you know what? Next time when when, when Rocky and Apollo Perfect. are have, have met, you know, their their match yeah, against it, one another. Bring we in need Paulie. Exactly. Yeah. We need Paulie to come in. Paulie, our fantastic producer, Rachelle, is going to be the split breaker <laughs> from now on. Rachelle, get in here and give us your pick. 
to win Super Bowl 56. First of all, hello. Uh, Rachel has literally been a part of Monday Football Monday. She just never speaks. So, Rachel, give, right. your, give your voice to the give audience for voice, the first time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, having you. This is your house. I know, but I've never been on camera. Uh, or Bear, Bear has had more more time on, on <laughs> yes, the night than, than you have. But I'm going to, my pick, I'm going to say Rams. I'm going for the Rams. Woo! Uh, Rachel is a Baltimore Ravens fan, just so everybody knows. Um, you know, so that's yeah. that's kind of what's happening here. You know, yeah. you, but I'm I'm the truly objective person here. When, when it comes uh, yeah, to that you. that's true. Yep. Um, the guy who believes in Mike McCarthy still. That that's, that's oh no 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 Pete no 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 you've you clearly I know you've been busy but you've been missing the pages at bloggingtheboys.com. We've we've been spilling a lot. Oh of yeah, it. typically when I'm not busy, that's the first place I go for I, for. What, I will what say I this. My leisure time. I will say this. The last time Pete that the Chiefs lost the AFC championship game the rams were in the super bowl and after the following season the cowboys moved on from their head coach in favor of someone who had won a super bowl previously that's all i'm well, saying you know that's all i'm saying i think that sean payton is going to make a great coach in 2023 i'll let me just say that for the cowboys look at that all right let's will it into existence rachel thank you for uh your pick your incorrect pick yeah thank you uh, rachel. We'll, we'll obviously uh tie a bow on on super bowl wrap up actually we'll start super bowl coverage uh here on monday next week uh on the sb nation nfl show reminder to subscribe wherever you get your podcast leave a rating write a review pete sweeney you mentioned golf pickleball you got any other off-season hobbies you're looking forward to I, i'm an expert in this so if you need help uh, i got your back i don't know i i have been flirting for a few years with uh, getting a pet, a oh, and then, the cats, yeah, they've been around. I don't know, yeah, may, may, maybe I'll lean into the dog, and then also I was wondering if I should at some point learn guitar. My cousins have always been in, in, into guitar, so I was thinking about maybe taking some music lessons. What do you think about that? I love that. Uh, I so have a guitar. I have a guitar that my mom got me for Christmas a few years mm. ago, and I spent like a month starting to learn it, and then I just didn't it, do you it stopped, anymore. right? Yeah. It's always exciting to pick up the new hobby, but it, it does take some wherewithal. I also, I also uh, once again, for the 10th offseason in a row, plan to lose weight. So <laughs> this is, it's going to be a busy offseason. All I'm saying is I could see you being like, you're, you're at some sort of event, some sort of gathering. There's maybe a bonfire yeah. going on. There's some thick mm -hmm. coats. And they're just being a guitar in the corner, and you just picking it up and, and, and you know, plucking the strings. Oh, and Crash into me. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Um, the um, the John so Mayer of the next generation, P. Tweeney. Well, um, uh, either way, however you want to break it. Uh, the Bengals and Rams will meet in Super Bowl 56. We'll have you covered right. all week long and all next week in the lead up to it. He is Pete Tweeney from Arrowhead Pride. I am R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at P.G. Sweeney. You can follow me on Twitter at R.J. Ochoa. The Rams going to host the Super Bowl as the visiting team. Very weird stuff. Uh, Pete Tweeney, the final... I don't know. 19 words belong to you. Make them great. All right. Well, it was a fun season on Monday. Football it's not Monday. Ending. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>